0: Hello, welcome to Mikey Pod episode 217 for November 21st, 2016. Today's guest is Jason Nash and I am your host Michael Heron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller and activist based in New York City. And as such, I have some pretty diverse tastes in things. So on this podcast, you could hear guests ranging from activists, musicians, to pastors, to authors, whatever else strikes my fancy. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for a little over 11 years. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at michaelharon.com. Hit me up on social media everywhere as at Michael Heron, or you can just find the links at the top of Michaelheron.com, or send an email to mikeypod at gmail.com. Okay, so that's my new intro. What do you think? It sounds a little too by rote, I think. Who knows? Just, you know, trying to stabilize things. If you're a new listener, welcome. Thank you for stopping by. I didn't really say in that intro who Jason Nash is. I know him from Vine. Uh, He has 3 million followers. It's... uh, I love Vine. I'm sort of sad that it's closing. Uh, those little six-second videos, like it's amazing to me uh, that people, <laughs> excuse me, are able to do that. Jason also has a new film out called FML. We'll talk all about that in a little bit. I want to catch you up on how my week has gone. The most ah, the heaviest thing that happened this week. Uh, a group of animal activists who I am uh, affiliated with, had a meeting talking about just what animal rights is going to look like in our new America with Trump at the helm. And, you know, I was on board with it. We The, the meeting was at Judson Church, which I love. And uh, Micah Busey, who's the associate pastor, associate minister at uh, Judson. I'm such not a religious guy. I you never know. Um, uh, he's going to be on the podcast probably next week. Yeah. I'm talking to him Monday. So that's something to look forward to. But this meeting happened at Judson and the most surprising thing happened to me. Like, uh, if you're a long time listener, you know that I'm gay, uh, and I'm an animal rights activist, And you know, that's my main thing. Um, I didn't really get it. Like, and I still don't think I get it with race in the con- in our country. But whoa, like a couple of people, a couple of people of color were at the uh meeting, right? And they were super honest about oh, it was a trip. The thing with it was a trip, and I want to speak about my own experience. They were open about their experiences, people of color in this country. And I didn't really get like, I sort of had this feeling like, Oh, I'm gay. I get it. But I'm a white gay guy. And I'm not like, just when I'm walking around the city, I don't know if I read as like gay. So uh, like a a black person or a Mexican or an Asian person, they always read as whatever their race is. Right. And people's decisions about them are made based on that. Like I get it. Like I knew that was what race was like, but something about what these people were saying at this meeting made me like, Oh, I am not a, I don't know what that experience is. And B I am not showing up for my friends. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it means to show up for my friends. And, uh, Uh, there's so many things like, I don't want to like, ah, I don't know what to do next. Like I have this realization, right? That like, you don't get it. You haven't gotten it, you know? And now I've got it and I'm ready to show up and I'm like, okay, (sighs) so what, what do I do? Um, um, I'm going to find out, I'm going to figure it out and, and try some stuff. Like I think with, especially with race stuff, and I don't know if this is true for you. I am really scared of trying and doing it wrong and being racist. Right. But if I can accept and admit I'm racist, okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like then that's it. Like then there's only moving forward. Right. Right. So, ah, yeah, I'm just in this weird place with all of it. And I think I had a couple days of like, and of like, not to make it about me. And then when I realized my privilege, I just, I just had to lay in bed and eat some vegan ice cream because it was really just hard and it was hard, but not in a way of like me being a victim in a way of like, fuck, I, I've been getting this wrong. So. I'm going to start trying to figure out how to get it right. You know what I also noticed? I'm going to look at my website right now. Um, I don't have a lot of guests on this podcast of color. Uh, I know my last... Oh, my God. I'm almost scared to look. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the last six guests were... <laughs> White. <laughs> I'm not going to scroll through all, all of this. But so, like, yeah, there's one more, more Caucasians. You know, it's really just interesting. More, I just flipped to another page Caucasian, 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 Caucasian. Oh, God. I'm going to do one more page. Let's see if there are any pe- Caucasian, Caucasian. Caucasian, 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 Caucasian. This I've just gone all the way back. And granted, I don't do a podcast every single week. Um, I've just scrolled all the way back to October 2015. So in one year, I have not had a single guest of color. So that's the type of thing I'm th- I'm talking about here. <laughs> like, you know, like. I don't know. Like, but then I think, well, is it, is it weird for me to just start reaching out to people of color specifically? Well, n- no. No. No, it's, I think what my takeaway right now is like, huh, I just noticed this thing about myself. What now? It's the what now that I'm, I'm in. So... Hey, there we are. (laughs) I haven't been creating anything new lately because I'm still coming off of my show, which was a few weeks ago, the animal show at Dixon Place. Uh, I haven't set my studio back up. I'm going to do that after I finish this podcast. I think that's all I have to talk about on my personal level. You know, like, oh, sorry. Uh, One of the things that was really interesting to me, this activist who I am, Super, I'm really, I really like this guy. Um, he was talking to a couple of the other people of color at this thing where, like, had this frustration of all of us suddenly, white liberals, saying, Oh, wait a minute, there's a problem in this country with racism. And even with the Black Lives Matter stuff, which I was like a casual observer of, I have to admit. I was like, "Oh yeah, that's that's, that's pretty bad." <laughs> but now I'm like, "Oh, these people I know and care about are having a experience that is shitty." And it's shitty like just because of who they are. Like and I have a f- fairly good understanding of what that seed of it is like because I'm gay, but I'm a white gay man <laughs> who doesn't particularly look gay. You know what I mean? Whatever look gay means, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't think people always assume that I'm gay when they meet me. So yeah, I'm going back where I started with this topic. So uh, I kind of want to talk about that and say it out loud to hold myself accountable. Maybe you're someone listening to this who has thought this about yourself and you feel ashamed. And I do, like, I feel really ashamed of not being more lie, uh, alert awake. Uh, but it's just, that doesn't mean you don't say it. Right. Um, yeah. So anyway, if you like this always free podcast and the many other things I create, tell a friend, leave a review, like subscribe, all the things you can subscribe, especially you can look on the, uh, on the side column of Mikeypod.com, there are a bunch of links there for all the different places you can subscribe to a podcast. I'd especially love your support at patreon.com slash Michael Heron, where you can get access to all kinds of cool stuff in exchange for as little as a dollar a month. I'd love to, (laughs) excuse me, I'd love to connect with you there and I'd love your help in covering the expenses for this free podcast and the expenses for the other content I create everywhere. I'm actually being really transparent and I need to make another blog post about this. Uh, The animal show was wrapped up even with uh, grants. I got grants to put this show up. Um, Even with that, I came out, uh, like I spent around $1,500 to put that show up. Um, So, uh, I mean, I say that just as an indication of why, I mean, I want to continue to make these shows and I'm going to, and I want to make the podcast and I want to make it more regular and I want to start uh, doing vlogs and videos more frequently, but I also have to have my day job or like 15 day jobs where I'm teaching various places. So that's why there's the need for Patreon for me. So if you're someone who likes this kind of stuff that I do and you'd like to help me make more of it, go to patreon.com slash Michael Herron. Uh, I think I said that everything. Enough about me and all that stuff. Today's guest is filmmaker, comedian, Vine star Jason Nash. And like I like to do, hold on, I've got a song for us to listen to. This song uh, or this album, for some reason, has just been popping up in my head like crazy. It's the album is Big Night Music by Shriekback. Uh, this it came out in 1986. I was a junior in high school. I was really into synthesizers and like the big thing about this band or <laughs> to me, cause I read a keyboard magazine and all this stuff. They were talking about how there wasn't any synth programming. Oh, they programmed the sounds, but they didn't like program sequences. So everything was played live. And I was like, Whoa, it was sort of like after it had been really cool to have everything programmed. And now it's like, Whoa, we played everything. So here's a track from that album. Ah, it's a great album. Uh, The track is called Sticky Jazz. This is Big Night Music, and after this we'll hear from Jason Nash. Welcome to the podcast, Jason Nash. Thank you very much, Mikey. Thanks for having me. Oh, for sure. I'm uh, super happy to talk to you. I just watched uh, the film last night. Uh, It's great. It was really good. Like, I laughed. I cried. Like, literally, it was really like the ending. As much as I wanted to not be, like, all sappy about it, you got me. I got you. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I originally ran into your work on Vine, as I guess a lot of people probably did uh but it's it's yeah so i guess we'll talk about the film itself and especially it's released just by you right like it's direct to the viewers yeah
1: just um uh, directly released to itunes and uh, amazon and vimeo and, and it'll get a run uh you know on some uh, other places like netflix and hulu hopefully you know next year but for now, people are downloading it there and they're, they're really loving it. People are responding to it. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really excited about it. It's, it's, it's super fun to make a movie. It's, it's fun to go from Vine to an actual movie with the same people that I made Vines with.
0: Yeah, that was really cool to see like people popping up that I recognized from, from your Vines and then subsequently their Vines. Uh, the film itself is obviously somewhat autobiographical, yeah? Totally,
1: autobi- it's totally autobiographical. I um, I met Brandon Calvillo, who's my co-star on Vine. And, um, you know, I started working with him and, and he was only 19 and I was 40. And we just thought, oh, this is such a funny relationship. Um, and and there was a lot of stuff I was going through at the time where I really needed to make Vine work for me to support my family. So then I thought, oh, let's, this is a cool relationship for a movie. I, I haven't seen this before um, where it's an older guy and a younger guy on a journey together um, I mean certainly you've seen that before but I think the difference with this one is he's sort of the cynic and I'm sort of the positive guy you know uh, the older guy is the gas
0: yeah is that, is that what your relationship is like uh, in, in real life <laughs> completely <laughs> it's is, it is so
1: funny Like I'll call him and I'll be like uh, hey I got invited to this party let's, let's go and he'll be like, no, I don't want to go to that. I don't like parties. And I'll be like, come on, man, you've got to get out of your house. I mean, like right now, Brandon is holed up um, writing a, uh, a, a school shooter movie. So like that gives you an idea of what kind of person he is. Um, but he's a great person. He's awesome. But he's definitely, you know, sort of cynical about the world of social media and how many selfies people post each day? I mean, we have like a really, we had a really funny conversation once. Do you know who Cameron Dallas? Is
0: uh, I don't think so, but is it someone whose face I might recognize from Vine?
1: Yeah, he's just like a, he's just like a young kid, really good-looking kid who makes you know videos that you know they're. F- and so we always had this argument where like I'll be like Cameron Dallas is great, you know, and he'd be like, oh come on, man, and he's like no way. His Videos have you know it's no substance, and I'll be like. But, you know, he's, he's a cute-looking kid, and I kind of I get it, you know? So stuff like that is just how the relationship that's – that's probably the perfect way I would describe the relationship. I think Cameron Dallas is okay, you know? Um, and then we found Bart Baker through YouTube, and he has, like, a massive following on YouTube, and he plays Swag in the movie. Nice. And then we just filled it out with other funny people that we, we loved.
0: Yeah, it was I, I loved the cats like there was so much about the film that I liked and in all honesty I wasn't sure what to expect like even the cinematography there are some great shots so I was like what this is like a lot of the New York City shots and that type of thing really solid it was really fun to watch
1: oh yeah we went down under the Brooklyn Bridge there in in, uh, in Dumbo and we shot at sort of that famous location where the two bridges hit what's yeah. that place called
0: uh, I don't know what it's called, but I go there a lot. It's like it's got that rocky sort of beachish area. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. It's just a great place to like have lunch or even go there on a Friday night with a date. And just just sit there, and that, that's when we shot those. Sort of towards the end of the movie, you see me there. Um, so yeah, it was cool. It was great to shoot in New York. That was that was the best to be able to. Because in LA, you kind of get in trouble if you set up sticks. Or anywhere if you set up a, a tripod in, in New York we were just going crazy like we literally went to the New York Public Library at 11 o'clock at night and um we were like oh we want to shoot here to the security guard and the security guard cleared everyone out and closed the New York Public Library for us just like
0: just on the spot yeah like
1: he was like oh yeah you want to get this shot he's like all right hang on a second he's like all right you gotta leave y'all gotta leave y'all got to leave." We were like, holy shit. We had no, I mean, we had a permit to shoot in New York, but we had no prior, you know, agreement to go shoot there. Um, And it was just sort of like that everywhere we went and really makes me want to shoot a movie in New York. um, Because you just get so much, you know, behind you um, and so much production value.
0: Uh, you you wrote and directed and starred in the film. Yeah, did you produce as well? Yep, I have a producer credit. You know, my
1: you know, I, I, I you know, I, not to sit here and brag, but it was more like there wasn't a lot of money,
0: so yeah. So you I like took those roles on? Yeah, yeah,
1: like you know, <laughs> you haven't. Well, basically, how that film worked. You know, most independent films is like, all right. What I learned was it's all about, like, the casting, right? So you get, you get somebody who's, like, a big name. You're like, great. And they're like, well, this person has Wednesday the 22nd, you know? Like, that's when you can get him or else he's not in or she's not in. So then, I, like, for instance, I had, I had to figure out a place to shoot, you know, close by to the, where this person was going to be and, uh, and make it work, you know? So I guess that's producing. I mean, I don't even know what is producing anymore. But yeah, I, I guess it's just getting it done. That's 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 how I define producing.
0: Were were there spaces when you were putting the film together? Was where it, it was especially difficult to figure out which role to take on? You know, like whether you were needed to show up that day or in that moment as director or actor or writer. You know, it were there. What was that like?
1: It was just awesome. It's just an awesome experience to you know, direct a film that you wrote. I I just, it's the best. You go there and people show you wardrobe and the DP shows you shots they're thinking of. And, but it's all super collaborative. I mean, everybody did a lot. I mean, Brandon, he, you know, he has a monologue in the end of the movie um, where we just showed up that day and he wrote that monologue. You know, I I didn't write that. I had written something else and he was like, well, I want to just do this monologue. And I was, and I didn't even hear it first. I was like, oh yeah, just do it. Oh, that's cool. And he did it and like, you know, every, uh, people were crying on set because it was like so beautiful.
0: Ah, nice. Uh, it sounds, seems like it would have been a great set to be on it. Just the whole project. It seemed like a lot of good, good vibe people.
1: It was awesome. It was just so awesome. No, no, no egos or anything. And, um, just trying to get input from everybody. Even, even the guy that hung the lights, like, is this funny? And, you know, he says yes, and you're like, all right, let's do it.
0: Uh, how long have you been uh, doing comedy and writing and performing all this stuff? Has it been a life well, thing?
1: Uh, yeah, I started in New York. I worked at Saturday Night Live out of college, and then I decided I wanted to perform. I worked for Norm MacDonald doing Weekend Update, and then I decided I wanted to perform, so I started performing, and then I guess I've been doing it, I've been doing it 20 years, you know, and then as I, so I had kids and stuff, I stopped doing stand-up and I started to focus on movies. I made a movie for Comedy Central. And then after that, I got on Vine and I just started to do the internet because it, it was lending itself to having like small children. I could still be creative. I could still write things and I could make money. And then, you know, with still an eye to making movies, uh, but you know, it's hard, it's hard to make a movie. That movie took me two years to, you know, to write and actually get it made by the time it was out. So, you know, maybe I'll make a. would like to make another movie, but I think it's going to be like, you know, might be a little while to like, you know, get the script done. We just live in a different world now. I don't know how you feel about it, but, you know, everything's so immediate that movies don't mean the same thing that they used to. You know, people just put stuff out all the time.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. I'm mainly a musician and having that like, you know, the the way that the world is changing is interesting. And this kind of relates to a question I wanted to ask you, too. Like, um, I'm also an older person. And, uh, like, that, I don't know, like, that, that sense of seeing how, with the Internet now, we can easily re- create and release our own work and distribute it so much more easily than we used to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't even know where I was headed with that. I think it's just an observation, and like uh, you know, there there are upsides and downsides to all of that stuff. Uh, like, do you think you would have been able to to make a film like this? Uh, what like ten years ago?
1: Uh, certainly not. I mean, I wouldn't have had the following that I had to to allow for the funding. So no, I couldn't have made it ten years ago. So it's exactly what you say. I know exactly what you're trying to say. There's like good things about it, and there's bad things about it. You know, the bad things about it are like, while you're making your album, you know, people are putting out singles every day, you know, and and so I, I'm like, how do you do it? You know, do you do you make your album and wait six months to put it out? Or do you release on SoundCloud every time you come up with a new song?
0: Yeah, that's like an ongoing question, you know, like I think and I think it's interesting and fun and also terrifying because we all want to be successful at at doing this stuff that we love to do. Uh, Yeah. So people do both things, but it seems like, and I was just watching this thing. Do you know who Jack Conti is? He was, uh, he founded Patreon, that website that like uh, a lot of YouTubers are doing where you can have, and I'm doing it too, where you can have subscribers who pay monthly to like support your work. Uh He did a video. I just watched yesterday talking about that idea of just creating, 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 and just putting it out as soon as it's ready, you know, and not holding out. So I don't know, like today I feel like, yeah, that's the way to do it. But you know, it, there's, there are a lot of approaches and we have, you know, so much access to, to different people and, and different, uh, platforms to release things on with, with vine. Did it, do you notice that your writing or filmmaking style has changed since you like had so much traction on vine?
1: Um, no, my filmmaking style hadn't changed. Um, it's just another muscle. It's just another thing. And mine's just completely different. And YouTube things are completely different. There's more, there's a strategy to it. And a film is still a film, it's still a beginning, middle, and end. Um, and uh, so, no, it hasn't, hasn't really changed at all. But, but I, think, I think that, you know, the internet, it's really, it has affected, you know, I wonder if something like Annie Hall could come out today. Um, you know, I just don't, that's probably my favorite uh, comedy. And, um, I just don't, I think there's a lot of people who are just doing YouTube now that probably would have been capable of, um, I mean, look at Louis CK, right? Like he's probably the closest to Woody Allen and I love his TV show and it's totally amazing, but I think it's, I think it says a lot that, you know, he found his, his visual medium through a TV show and not through, like, Louis C.K. movies, starred, written, directed, which certainly he could do, um, but he seems to be doing more, like, TV things, and I guess, you know, so that just makes me feel like, oh, movies are kind of, uh, you know, they don't mean what they used to mean.
0: When you were first working with uh, all the, like, younger millennial vi- Viners, that, that sort of comedy and that juxtaposition of you... Uh, with younger people was there some uh, or how much uh, real life sort of struggle was there like hanging out and working with so many like young people
1: oh it's 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 completely ridiculous and it's completely true to the film I mean you know we'll go to like work things at night uh, and um, you know I'll go in with a bunch of people and the first kid will get carded and the second kid will get carded And then I'll bring my license out, and the bouncer will be like, just, no, don't even worry about it. Just come on in, you know? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Stuff like that. You're not going to be alive much longer. Just get in there. Before it's Um, too late. Yeah. So so stuff like that happens all the time. So it's, yeah, it's really really ridiculous, and it's really, like, it's bizarre. You're like, wow, when did I get to be the old guy? And so I just wanted to harness that to, you know, sort of talk about what I'm going through because uh, that's always like the funniest stuff to me is what's completely real and close to you,
0: and uh, it's approached in such a great way. Because there's not really even at the like sort of uh, the 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 real struggle moments of the film, it, there's still not like a like a pity party thing happening. You know what I mean? There's still sort of this self awareness that's like that's really nice and uh, uh, easy to relate to. Oh, cool, cool. Thank thank you so much. I appreciate. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Where, so you mentioned the places that the, that the film is. And I'm always curious about this with people who do this type of thing. Is there a best place for people to access the film where it benefits you the most?
1: <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't really care about that. The best place for them to access is, is just wherever is best for them. iTunes, if you have a Mac, uh, if you're Apple. And then I know a lot of people buy it on Amazon and Google Play because not everybody has an iTunes account. Um, And then also, if you're out of the country, getfml.com is probably the best place, because I get a lot of messages like, I live in Australia, I can't get the movie. So we sell a lot through the website. Oh, um, cool. Which the, The website is really great. It gives you a direct download, puts it right in your... Um, computer, great quality, same quality as iTunes, and you can rent it as well if you don't want to buy it.
0: It seems like you're directing people mostly to your YouTube. Is that where people should find you?
1: Yeah, yeah, you can find me on my YouTube, um, which is Jason Nash Comedy. You can find me on my Instagram, it's just at Jason Nash, and Twitter, and um, yeah, so it's all it's all good. Things are things are moving along onto the next film now.
0: Uh, last question that I almost forgot to ask: Vine. You've probably talked about this a lot. Vine closing down, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Are you gonna like? Oh, in fact, you, I, you can tell me again because I saw it on your Twitter today. The there's a new site that you're sort of headed toward. It seems that does video.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've been working with this app called the Snacked app, and um, it's a lot like Vine, and I'm on there now, um, trying to get people to come over and try to build it the same way we built Vine. So it's really fun because it's, it's the early days of an app where you get to know people and you kind of watch their content and you can talk to them. That, that's really the best time because it's people just being themselves. And, and once, once Vine got really big, it became about you know, getting on top of the popular page and trying to get your stuff seen because it got so competitive. So it's really fun over at snack. If you want to um, check it out, it's just called the snack app, And it's, um, it's actually, I would say if you're a creator and you're like somebody that wants to get into social media and doesn't know how to break in, the best thing is to get in on an app early, you know, and see if you can be there first. And then that, that's how you get a really big following. That's the only reason I got popular on Vines because I, I was one of the first people there. Uh. Um, So if if you're looking to, uh, you know, do that, you definitely check that app out.
0: Done and done. And people, podcast listeners, uh, you can go to MikeyPod.com. I'll have links to all of Jason's stuff. Uh, So in case you're not somewhere where you can write it down, just remember, you can go to my website and I'll have links. And I think that's it. We got to wrap this thing up. Thanks so much for uh, coming on the podcast today.
1: Yeah, Mikey. Thank you so much for having me, man. Let me Stay in touch. All right. Yeah, I absolutely
0: will. To the side. To the side to the side and around through the middle and to the side to the side to the side around through the middle and to the side to the side to the side to the side, and and around, side and around and around and around and around and, and around the middle to the side two, three, four, and five, and six, seven, eight, through the midpoint the line three, drawn from left. Four, high, four, of left, right. the left side around Man. One one man. Gray, the wall is bordered and one divided one and one red, one red, into oh, three. Mm. A red We're diagonal line, to line back back from square, left corner, a red diagonal line, a ah, red horizontal line, a ah, red horizontal line, ah, the of the pattern is movement. The
1: detail of the pattern is movement.
0: The detail of the pattern is movement.
1: The detail of the pattern is movement.
0: The detail. The detail of the pattern is movement. The detail of the pattern. The detail of the pattern. is The detail of the pattern is movement. The detail of the pattern is three, four, five, six,
1: one, two, four,
0: five, six. The detail of the pattern is movement. The detail of the pattern is movement. The detail of the pattern is movement. The detail of a pattern is movement. The detail. Time The detail. The detail. From Partita for Eight Voices by Carolyn Shaw, that was Roomful of Teeth. Eight singers. Wow, I th- uh, I should have done a little more reading on this. I think that I just read that piece won a Pul- Pulitzer Prize, so that's cool. Uh, that was the first movement, the Alamand. Yeah! Sometimes I'm hesitant about playing my weird like assortment of music that I like that doesn't seem to go together, but... I'm going to go ahead and embrace that. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. MikeyPod.com for uh, more information about the podcast. michaelheron.com for more information about me. Patreon.com slash Michaelheron. If you'd like to support this podcast and all the other work I do, uh, send me an email, MikeyPod at gmail.com. Review the show, iTunes, or whatever podcatcher you like, Google Play, uh, the other ones... There, there's a whole bunch. of Links on uh, MikeyPod.com. Thank you uh, to my guest, Jason Nash. And that's it. Next week, we'll hear from Micah Busey, the associate minister at Judson Memorial Church here in New York City. And that's it. Thanks for listening.